Boom, 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 boom. Welcome to yet another mini-sode of I'm From the Internet, the podcast about somethingawful.com, the goons, and their consequences. I'm Jay Branstetter, an internet historian. My co-host and co-creator, uh, comedian and artist Winslow Dumain, would be here, uh, but this is another mini-sode. Uh, since people, I had someone ask me why they're called mini-sodes when uh, recently one of them went over an hour, to which I responded, uh, mini refers to the size of the, of the number of hosts, not the length. So... Really, really, you just played yourself there, I gotta say. <laughs> but for real, though, this is gonna be a, um, this is gonna be another fun mini-sode. Uh, next week, I believe we, hopefully we'll have our new episodes, our proper episodes back then. But again, worst comes to worst, you know, I'm not gonna, you know, it'll happen when it happens, but it is happening. And if, if you don't, you know, enough apologies, I'm going to be, uh, first off, before I go into the, the reading I'm gonna be doing today, I have a, a fun announcement. This is something people have asked for in the past. Uh, the show finally does have a Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash iftipod, um, we, we've set it up there. Uh, the way it's going to be working, at least this is this is a tentative, of course, but the way I'm, I'm going to be doing it to start with is basically every time we put out an episode or a mini-sode, I'm going to be putting out a bonus episode as well. Bonus episode is on Patreon. The uh, way Patreon works is, you know, you pay five bucks a month or more, you get everything we put out. Also, there's uh, there's no FOMO, there's no timer. If uh, and also, you know, you have access to everything we've ever made. So I get it. You know, five bucks a month. That's I can't afford to pay that for a lot of the stuff I do because I am incredibly poor, and I am I am so understanding of that. So you know, if you have to save up for a little bit, you know, you can basically pay five bucks a year from now and get everything we put out. Or you know, the point is. The point is, this is good because this means I get to make more stuff. Uh, the, the bonus content is uh, not going to be something awful focused, which is a fun thing. Some of it might not even be internet focused. I am uh, looking at a lot of internet history stuff, but also a lot of stuff relevant to internet history and internet culture uh, started offline or predates the internet. And that's kind of some of the fun stuff I've got prepared, too, is looking at the very early of the days days of the internet. I'm talking the 80s, back when it was still ARPANET. Uh, or, you know, I'm, I'm, I also have uh, some pre-internet stuff, like uh, one of um, like I think the first episode I might do with Winslow I've mentioned is the one about the origin of the term Mary Sue. The first episode, our uh, first premium episode, since that's going to be a solo one, since I'm recording it right after this one, is actually going to be about um, the significance of my surname, Branstetter. Uh, you might not realize this, but Branstetter is actually a name that has uh, that that actually has some internet history to it, not because of me, of course, and also has some video game history to it. So that's going to be fun. I'm going to read. Uh, I'm going to be reading a really weird uh, thing for that. So it's going to be fun. You're going to learn some history. You get to learn a little bit of lore about me. So you know that'll be fun too. So by all means, uh, check it out. Patreon.com/slash/iftipod, and you know five bucks a month gets you everything I put on there. And uh, my plan for it is to split it evenly three ways. Uh, Winslow says that he, you know, he doesn't need it and to just split it between me and Steve. But since I'm assuming he isn't listening to these, uh, I, gotta be honest, I think that's just Winslow being Winslow. He's a, he's a very noble and compassionate person. Uh, but at the same time, like, you know, dude, he does the work. He deserves this. So my plan is I'm going to be, uh, you know, splitting it three ways. And his third, and I spoke with Steve about this. He's cool with it, too. So producer Steve, I should say. So... I'm going to take his third and sock it away in, like, a count or something just in case of an emergency. And also, that can, you know, in case he needs it, like, you know, uh, like, I think he recently just had, like, a, you know, 
stuff happens when you travel. So that way he can have like a little emergency fund. And also like, you know, if, if I, if any of us need emergencies or the show stuff, then we'll have it. That money will be saved. Um, so also, uh, one more thing, I guess, before going on with that, uh, Winslow's birthday is on April 18th. So, um, you know, consider wishing him happy birthday. Cause you know, he's had a couple, uh, he's gone through some shit recently and you know, he, he, he puts, he puts a lot of himself into the show and I really appreciate that. Um, you know, m- maybe, uh, maybe send him something weird from around your house. You know, he does it, he does that for you guys so much. I'm sure, I'm sure he'd, he'd find that funny if someone did that as well. So, all right. Anyways, so. Now that I've done all that, let me tell you about what today's mini-sode is going to be about. I'm going to be doing a reading of a poster named Martin Random, who, Martin Random, I feel like I have to give you a little backstory on him, because he's someone who has been very requested, both on the Twitter account and on and on this podcast, and um, so I'm going to tell you a little bit about him, and also maybe why I haven't talked about him very much. Don't worry, uh, nothing nothing problematic that I'm aware of. Um, <laughs> I just don't like his. I just don't like his style of post very much. Martin Random was like a, an early, uh, early to mid two thousands, like um, like something awful, like what they called a GBS superstar. GBS, you might remember from our first episode, general bullshit is like the the top. It's the fo- first forum you see when you log into the forums. It's where it's just general discussion, and it used to be historically one of the most highly trafficked parts of the site. Uh, that's no longer that hasn't been the case for a long time, but you know, in the earlier days of something awful, when there were fewer sub forums and also. Or just more people using it. GBS was kind of like, you know, the episode. It was like, I guess, like Reddit's kind of like, well, it's not really accurate, but you know what I mean. It was kind of like that. So, like Reddit's front page, I guess, in terms of just even people, people would generally check it even if they didn't use the rest of it. But anyway, so Martin Random was was a superstar there. He was someone who posted a lot there. He was someone who was very popular. Like when Martin Random would create a thread, people would be like, oh, hell yeah, another Martin Random thread. And Martin Random's whole thing is that he was, um, he is a, he is a, uh, he is a confabulist. He is a teller of tall tales. He is someone who makes up stories and People, uh, the, whether or not, you know, basically people kind of understood, uh, the thing that surprises me is I thought it was pretty widely understood that his stories were fake just because of how over the top they were in ways that I will get into later. But a lot of people genuinely think that his stories were real. And that's, and I kind of feel like I'm like, you know, I, I kind of feel like the Grinch when I have to explain to somebody, oh no, hon, I'm sorry, the fecal lasagna story never happened. That was just made up. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Martin Random, he would make up these stories. Probably his most well-known one is the one I just talked about, Fecal Lasagna, where it was a, a made up, it was a story about him having a roommate who was like severely mentally ill, who in like a hoarder, and it got its name because it, it, it ended with him like, basically because like he had been like, using uh, just use your imagination for the term fecal lasagna uh he had been pooping into like a bathtub and then just layering it with with newspaper and then just pooping on that and that's what the fecal lasagna was and as martin random was wont to do his stories he's he's very epic bacon over the top like the fecal lasagna story ends with the crazy roommate in the bathtub full of poop playing a saxophone like just going so far above and beyond that it kind of that it's just like I get why that that's epic and based and, you know, get, like, all the man babies and the, and the fives back then, but that's just not particularly funny to me. That's not really my type of humor. And one thing about Martin Random that, like, really rubs me wrong is, like, <coughs> excuse me, is that 
there's like this sort of deep-seated insecurity to his writing where he always has to be like super cool and awesome and always get off like these cool one-liners and like whoever it is that that he's making fun of or is disagreeing with him is always just like the biggest loser on the planet they're ugly they're usually overweight they're usually um you know he he basically has like you know he he has like this formula and i i kind of don't like that that just I just don't find that to be my thing is like when you're making shit up, you know, it's like, okay, let me tell you one of, uh, let me tell you one of my store fun little, uh, stories. This is another, I think this isn't a rabbi story that I, I, I enjoy where the premise is that there is this, there is this poor man who works in the house of a rich man. And, you know, and every day he has to go to this rich man's house and see all of his nice things and clean them up and then go home to his poor home. And one day he hatches a scheme on how to, how to maybe, you know, get some money, how to maybe, you know, get even with this, with this rich man who he works for. So, you know, this poor man, he, you know, this rich man has this wealthy, ornate kitchen full of beautiful silverware made with actual silver. Where all all this poor man owns is just like three little silver teaspoons. So one day he takes one of those little silver teaspoons with him to work, and he's doing, you know, he's cleaning up in the kitchen, and he sets his silver teaspoon next to the others, and then he calls his his he calls the rich man in, and he goes, "Sir, sir, come look, look." And he, the guy goes, "What is? What is? I'm very busy." And he goes, "Look, your 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 spoons gave birth. They, you have a new spoon now." And the guy's like, "Spoons can't give birth. That's ridiculous." And then the, the poor man is like, "Well, if you don't want the spoon, I'll take it." And the guy's like, "No, no, I'll take it. I'll take it." And so so you know obviously this guy's like well that what the fuck was that i don't know that's bullshit but i hey i got some free i got some free stuff out of it that's great and so you know later on another day same thing the guy brings one of his silver spoons tells his boss that you know his, his spoons gave birth and the guy's like well that's nonsense but it's nonsense that makes me money so i'm just gonna accept it and so one day, uh, and so one day the guy's cleaning again and he calls his boss in and his boss is very excited because he's expecting, you know, he's expecting, he's like, ooh, what new thing am I going to get today? And he's, his, and his employee goes, I'm very sorry, sir. Uh, one of your candlesticks died. And his candlesticks, you know, these were like gold, jewel encrusted, uh, candlestick holders. Probably the most wealthy thing, most valuable things he owned. And this guy was furious. He's like, what are you talking about? Candlesticks can't die. That's nonsense. And so there's this whole thing. He get called, you know, the rabbi gets called in and he hears his story and he nods and thinks about it and ponders. And eventually his sort of takeaway is he goes like, you know, a man who accepts nonsense that makes him wealthy has no right to complain about nonsense that makes him poor. Is sort of the the moral of that story, and like a lot of great rabbinical stories, it, it has kind of like a metaphor. It it's, lends itself very well to interpretation. It's something that you know I think about it a lot, especially as someone who deals with a lot of nonsense. And anyways. That's kind of how I feel about Martin Random. It's like, if you're willing to, to, you know, it's like, you can't have it both ways. If you're going to be making up all sorts of weird bullshit, you should be willing to have yourself be the butt of some of that bullshit. You shouldn't, you know, or, but to turn around and be like, oh, I'm going to make up all this bullshit about these, these dumb people, but I'm going to make myself be really cool and smart. I, I just cannot abide by that. That's just not how I work. That's why, that's why I'm, you know, half the crazy shit I post on the Twitter account in, in like online and stuff is stuff that I do because it's funny, not because I think it's like, that's one of the really funny thing about like, um, I shouldn't refer to goons as like, as like a monolith. So I think to clarify, I'll, I'll break it up into like my goon fans and my goon haters, just because I know being called that would probably drive them nuts. But yeah, like my goon haters have this thing that they do. 
where they take jokes that I make that are very obviously jokes that are intended to be jokes and that do pretty – and that, like, get a decent number of likes and replies from people who get that it is a joke. And they will take my joke and post it as if it was a serious thing and then laugh at it as if, like, oh, look at this idiot. It's very funny. Like, I don't – I'm hoping that they're doing, like, a meta bit. That's kind of – that's kind of my thing I do now whenever goon, whenever goon haters do something that's, like, really depressingly dumb is I'm just like, okay, they're doing a bit too. Because, honestly, that's less depressing to think about. So – Anyways, yeah, Martin Random, not a fan of the guy as a writer, but I'm going to read you one of his stories today because I think it is actually pretty historically significant. Uh, the premise of this thread, another fun thing about Martin Random is that he always claims to be like, you know, he's, he can never just be a guy. He always has to be someone really cool. He's like, ah, oh, a cool military guy. Or in this one, he's a secret service agent. <laughs> Yeah, he, so this thread that he made in 2006, so this was him claiming to be a Secret Service agent working in the White House during the, uh, during the Bush administration. Uh, for some of my younger listeners, the Zoomers out there, you might not have been, uh, you might not be cognizant of what the Bush era was like. Um, uh, it was, it was really bad. <laughs> um, uh, there's no shortage. If, uh, I think if there's a, uh, I guess to do recommend, I believe there's a podcast called Blowback that like some of the Pat Chapo Trap House people made. That's about, uh, the war in Iraq. That's also like very good at sort of breaking down. Like, like basically the war in Iraq defines the Bush White House. They're one and the same. And also, I guess this is 2006. So this is after Hurricane Katrina. That was another big thing that kind of was basically the, the Bush, the Bush presidency was just wall to wall, like misery and failures and, and, you know, curbing of, of of human rights and all this, you know, uh, they basically the death, you know, the death blow to the public school system, uh, no child left behind was passed. Then um, it's very funny because what no child left behinds is, is it's like a thing where basically people are allowed to take money out of the public school system in the form of vouchers and use it for private schools. And I'm never going to forget uh, George Carlin, who is another one of those uh, stand-up comedian who he's like a boomer stand-up who was like very beloved by Gen Xers. Like, People who grew up before the internet liked him a lot, because back then, if you wanted to have, like, a guy smugly say that God isn't real, you had to, like, really look for it, as opposed to it just being the background radiation of existence. So, like, you know, they like him a lot, because he was a stand-up comic who would be like, yeah, God's not real, voting's dumb, you know, just stuff like that. And when he was really old, like, really depressingly old, and wasn't even really telling jokes anymore, he was just kind of, like, shuffling around the stage, muttering about, like, backpacks and fat people, like, some sort of, like, like some sort of like uh, uh like some sort of like swearing version of um of uh, the dude from 60 minutes or whatever anyways I'm, i did not come in here to bash on a beloved stand-up and i get why he's popular but i always remember that because he had a whole thing complaining about no child left behind where he seemed to only be going off of the name of it and seemed to think that no child left behind meant that they literally weren't failing kids out of or holding them back anymore in school and that was like really one of my like oh god that was just really one of my like wow this I am so embarrassed for this person, <laughs> especially for someone that people, again, like, I think George Carlin was kind of the progenitor of, like, the Louis C.K. thing, where, like, whenever, whenever someone takes a comedian and acts as if they're, like, some philosopher king that is, like, giving these grand insights on society and humanity, but then whenever they say something shitty or provocative or wrong, people excuse it with, well, oh, it's just a joke, and then that's kind of just, like, oh, boy. <laughs> 
Yeah. See, this is why I need another host. I need someone to keep me ra- keep me reined in. So I'm going to be reading Martin Random's posts about at least a highlight of Martin Random's post claiming to work in the Bush White House because I think this is historically significant because this broke containment and um. And a lot of people still to this day, some of this stuff is believed to be, people think this is true, even though it's objectively not. It's by Martin Random. Like, like, th- this is where it originated. I think I'll point out one in particular that I have, I, I remember seeing so much during the Obama years when people refer to it. So here we go. This is what Martin Random, uh, here's some of his posts from the thread. Mm. Okay. These, these are some facts I have witnessed and learned through my employment. Take it at face value. Believe it or don't believe it, because I'm not providing corroborating pictures, details, or evidence beyond my own testimony. Homeland Security buys in bulk and at great premium millions of dollars of useless personal appliances from China, such as rice cookers, nose hair trimmers, massage wands, and heating pads, boxes them up, and buries them in railroad shipping containers in the Arizona desert for no reason whatsoever other than to spend its budget and prevent sub-agencies from getting the funds. I suspect that the money goes to a middleman in order to secretly siphon funds into foreign organizations, which we can't support over the table, but this is just me trying to find a justification for this massive and intentional government waste." That's another fun thing. It's a 2006 something awful. This is when, when something awful's user base was by and large kind of libertarian leaning. When I say libertarian, I mean like in the 2000s, if you were like, if you were like terminally online and you were a white dude, you were probably libertarian just because that was the style at the time. Not libertarian as in like Gary Johnson, you know, toast in your own damn toaster (laughs) type of, uh, type of liberal, crazy libertarian. But the type of like, I think drugs should be legal and also people should be allowed to get abortions. And, you know, because I'm living in the, the aftermath of decades of anti-communist propaganda, uh, from America. America, I, that, that stuff hasn't really had a chance to propagate through the internet and reach a new audience yet. So, you know, libertarianism seems pretty cool, I guess. It's one of those things, it's one of those things where you get, a, you get sort of attracted by the, by the, oh yeah, drugs should be legal. You know, if you, like, like every con and, and cult, they start with some sort of, something reasonable and realistic and then just sort of expound on there into like, you know, just the, just the absolute, you know, the, <laughs> just, I don't need to make all the jokes about, you know, the jokes I'm going to make, but I'm not going to make them. So, okay. Yeah. Here we go. Uh, so I, I mentioned that because this whole oh, government waste is so very much into just that sort of, that is a fascinating sort of part of nerd psychology to see pr- pr- uh, proliferate. Recently, there was like a news article about like some of the people involved, like, like some of the people that were caught up in all these crypto scams are being investigated and how like one of them was this like horrible nerd woman who was like part of like less wrong. And like, like basically there's this whole thing now where there's like all these like shitty billionaire nerds that are destroying the planet while thinking they're saving it. They have this term that they've popularized called world optimization where it's like from, it's from this, if you've never heard of it, there's this, infamous Harry Potter fan fiction called Harry Potter and the Methods of Rationality that was supposed to be about hey, hey, I'm going to take this popular book and I'm going to use it as a way of sort of teaching people about these sort of basics tenets of, of rational thought and then like within like three chapters you have Harry Potter doing thought experiments about how rape is actually okay because of time travel and it just gets really fucked up and weird and the worst people on the internet love it so yeah, that, that's where that term like, I think that's where world optimization 
organization came from. It was like a joke about like, oh, I don't, uh, people talk about world domination. I prefer to think of it as world optimization. It's, it's basically that idea of like, just let your betters take over everything and keep your heads down like a good little surf. And, you know, things will just be better for you that way. And it's awful. And you can totally see that sort of, that idea that you are smarter than everyone else. You're the smartest guy in the room. Ergo, you can, you should just do whatever you want because everyone else is just a dummy. It, basically just, just pure strain gifted kid mind poisoning it sucks okay donald rumsfeld needs to wear iced underwear because of some medical condition and he has a secret service detail hold his spares he was recently getting uncontrollable long-term erections and had to change up his medical treatments the underwear and the erections is why he uses a standing desk not because he is some superman he also wears nylon stockings, not because he's gay, but to control some vascular problems with his legs, which causes him intense pain. And again, I don't think that's Martin Randall doing a bit. I think he legitimately just seems like the type of guy that would think like wearing wearing nylons is gay. Like clothing is clothing has sexuality. Yeah. President Bush uses antidepressant medication, a lot of it, at a stupendous dosage, and he's hiding it from the American public. This is the real reason he stopped drinking because of the dosage. He is also impotent. That's another thing, like, for, for my really younger listeners might not, like, if you didn't really become politically aware until, like, the Trump administration, like, I really cannot un- emphasize how different, like, like, people were obsessed with, like, uh, people have this weird obsession with, like, uh, decorum and stuff. Like, like there was a whole thing, like, like in the 90s, there was this TV show called uh, The West Wing about, like, uh, about, like, you know, basically f- a fictional president. And there was, like, a whole thing on it about them lying about get, taking antidepressants because the idea of, you know, we mythologize our president so much back then that the idea of, like, them them having any sort of, basically, like, oh, I wouldn't vote for a president who, who you know, and now it's so it's so funny that now it's completely opposite. Now it's just we hate we hate the people we vote for. We just vote for them because we think they'll piss off the other person more. It's a it's real it's real uh you know cutting your nose to spite your face nonsense we've got going on now. But very funny. Anyways, um, that's I'm going to be skipping the people that I don't recognize because if I don't recognize these people, you know, it's here we go. Uh, President President Bush, when dining at the White House, does not eat any item of food which has not been first sniffed by a trained dog before being prepared. Think about that. Word among the staff is that Cheney was drunk when he shot that lawyer. Uh, yeah, uh, for another for younger people. In uh, 2006, uh, the vice president, Dick Cheney, fucking shot a dude in the face with a shotgun when they were out duck hunting. And it was just kind of... That was one of the weird things about the Bush administration was his vice president um his vice president uh dick cheney was like was was kind of basically the guy who actually ran things and called the shots and bush was just kind of like a dumb evil figurehead and it sucked but one of the things about one of the things that was very interesting about cheney was like the way that conservatives talked about him like around this time like there was this they don't talk about it anymore because it was really embarrassing and weird but they call they start calling dick cheney darth vader as a sign of endearment you know, keep in mind, this was 2006, like, the last, you know, the, what we thought was, the, this was, you know, Star Wars was in a very different place, that, and, and uh, calling your, calling the guy on your side Darth Vader, that's like a real, like, are we the baddies moment there, but nope, they were just like, yeah, look at this guy, he's so tough, and he, he just does whatever he wants, and he, you know, yeah, he's just like Darth Vader, the good, the guy we all like. <laughs> 
Here we go. But anyway, so yeah, word among the staff is that Cheney was drunk when he shot that lawyer and secluded himself for a day to sober up and avoid felony firearms charges. I don't have any direct information on this because the guys with him at the time are not talking. This is totally unconfirmed, but I think it is plausible. Dick Cheney has chronic gum problems and his breath smells like shit as a result. He is also a close talker. He keeps a small bottle of diluted hydrogen peroxide, which he rinses with every hour on the hour, and he swallows it instead of spitting. He also picks his nose vigorously, in parentheses, violently, and hums loudly and tunelessly to himself while taking shits. Let's see. Uh... The White House lawn is mowed every other day by the same man humming the same tune. Despite all of this craziness, there is nothing strange whatsoever about Condoleezza Rice. She is completely balanced and normal, if slightly robotic in her personal demeanor. She smells very nice at all times. She does, however, constantly check her investments online from her office when she thinks nobody is looking, and she has slept on her desk on multiple occasions. There is an administrative law judge who sits in an office in a building near the White House, earns around 200000 a year, and has a secretary, and he does nothing except sit, read, and listen to classical music all day. His secretary, likewise, does nothing. He gets meals taken to him from the White House kitchen and is so lonely that he latches on to whoever gets sent and talks to them for hours about the Korean War. His family is all dead, and his secretary hates him. In a drawer in his desk, he has an old revolver, which he got in there somehow, despite that he shouldn't have been able to bring it in. I think he will shoot himself one day. Despite the popular conception, I have never, ever seen President Bush give anyone around him a nickname when it wasn't for public effect to make him seem hometown-y. He also has a thing where his accent gets more pronounced when there is a camera on him. Go figure. This is something that, like, I think was actually a real thing. This thing is, like, I'm skipping some of this, but some of this is peppered with real bits of, like, White House trivia, like, about the cheese thing. Look up the, the White House cheese story. It's very funny, but... But yeah, I'm pretty sure I've heard, like, people talk about this before, because another thing about Bush from the era was that, like, the, the image of him in pop culture was that he was dumb. And, like, 90% of that was because he had, like, a strong Southern accent. Because, you know, that's the thing about America, is, like, most of our political disagreements are actually just about, like, like, that's the thing about, or I should say, like, li between liberals and conservatives, it's mostly just about, like, aesthetic preferences. Like, you know, it's like, 2000s especially, like, if you listen, stand-up comedy in the 2000s, Almost every stand-up comedy album to come out during the Bush presidency has at least one just totally unlistenable track that is just, like, the, like, smug liberal stand-up just angrily screaming in a southern accent. Like, David Cross in particular, just his entire brand of comedy in this was just angrily yelling about rednecks and white trash. Because, like, that was what was actually bothering him. You know, this is when he had a feud with Larry the Cable Guy, a fictional character, a persona of a stand-up comedian. He had a public feud with them over... Oh, it was... God, it was funny. The 2000s fucking sucked, man. Let me tell you, like... I'm so glad that I am not actually that nostalgic for my teenage years because the culture was pretty garbage, even if there were things that I liked about it. Yeah. Here we go. Um, let me see. Uh, 
Okay, yeah. Um, if you joke, ar- if you joke around or near Rumsfeld, he will stare at you intensely, as if you just killed his mother for about ten seconds, which will be unnerving because you think you've offended him. Then he will begin to laugh a little, a bit more, until he is in hysterics. He has a chest condition called pleurisy that causes this. Breathing deeply is painful to him, as is laughing with gusto, so he tries very hard to control himself before losing it. It really unnerves people who are trying to be sociable. This is the reasoning for his creepy, shallow laugh in public. Um, oh yeah, I'm reading through these. Like, for a guy whose whole thing was writing, Martin Random's writing is not very good. Like, um, like there's just so many run-on sentences, so much stuff. Um, let's see. I'm looking for... Okay, I see I've been doing this for a little while now. A bunch of these aren't very interesting. A lot of it is just people asking him... uh... Okay, great. Here we go. The, um... So the thing I'm going to mention, I'm not going to read through the the whole thing here, but there's one I wanted to mention where he talks about how um, the Secret Service all love uh, Laura Bush, George Bush's wife, and they say that she's very nice and that they all call her mom as a, as a nickname and as a term of endearment. And I wanted to mention this because during, you know, bullshit stories about Secret Service agents are very popular because by the nature of their job, they can't, you know, Secret Service people can't actually confirm or deny anything, so you can just make up whatever shit you want, and, you know, no one's ever really going to contradict you. Although, again, the fact that this is a job that is, like, so secure and vetted and stuff should make you think, like, anyone who would just blab like this is obviously full of shit. But, you know, again, why? so whenever you see someone online claiming to be a Secret Service agent, sparing the beans anonymously, you know, just, 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 of course that's not real. But during the Obama administration, when conservatives were really mad, you know, basically it was, they would write these emails about how like if, uh, claiming to be secret service agents talking about how bush and and um i mean <laughs> talking about obama and um and uh, barack and michelle were horrible the people in their administration were horrible how they were terrible people how no one liked them and it would always be contrasted with that little nugget about how during the bush administration they called laura bush mom because she was just that nice and how they you know how it was so much better than and how you know by by comparison, they were, t- you know, how whatever dumb talking point about Michelle Obama being horrible was that was popular at the time would be the thing they mentioned about. And that thing about calling Laura Bush, them calling them was from a Mart was from that Martin Random thing. So if you look back, like we could take this this made up thing from something awful and watch it a decade later circulating online as fact. Like I wouldn't be surprised if someone like like this was like this thread was reported on like actual news sites like daily coast or cost or how you pronounce that where they would post it and they'd be like oh we can't prove this is real but it's entertaining and then like i think that's how it proliferated again 2000s journalism online journalism was was much worse then too so just in general yeah i'm kind of running you can tell i'm kind of i just got off work so i'm gonna you know finish this up get myself something to eat and then get started on that bonus episode so again you know i know these mini sods have been a little weird but i've been enjoying them it's kind of fun to just do stuff that might not be a fun episode and kind of ramble a little bit anyways i uh, hope you enjoyed and uh see you next week and again uh you know uh, you know take a look at that patreon who knows uh, um, again thank you so much for everything and i will see you next week uh i'm from the internet is a podcast created and hosted by jay brandstetter and winslow dumain uh, theme song by steve is broke uh edit, produced and edited by steve brown
This, this podcast is not uh, endorsed by or affiliated with Something Awful LLC or Jeffrey of Yospos.